0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. I'm excited to announce that I am now a brand ambassador for the Business Rock Summit in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More details at business-rocks.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Bo York, founder of Pottery and Satchel. Uh, Bo, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, man. Kevin, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for doing this. I, I think what you're doing uh, with both your um, ventures is is pretty cool. But uh, before we kind of get into those, maybe let's talk about where you grew up.
1: Yeah, I'm man. I'm born and raised in uh, in Jackson, and Central Mississippi, for the majority of my life. Uh, I spent a few years kind of recently in in Memphis for about 5 years but, but for the most part man I'm I'm kind of a Mississippi boy I've been uh been here for uh, for the m- most part of it.
0: That's awesome. So then how did you get into technology?
1: You know I've always uh, loved tech and actually it was a great question I was reflecting on it a little bit earlier. And I think probably the origin for my uh, my interest in technology actually stems in in Legos. Um, Interesting. Man, I was a big Lego guy. In fact, actually, the, uh, the Lego movie that just recently came out, I don't want to spoil it if your listeners haven't watched that movie yet, but when you get to the third act, I was that kid.
0: <laughs> and, uh, uh, I know what Jack you know, you're talking about. I think I was that kid as well, so I totally yeah. get where you're coming from on that.
1: Oh, man, fighting back some man tears for real, but it was uh, <laughs> it's a great movie. But no, man, I, I loved playing with Legos as a kid. Uh, me and my brothers, we would, we would build all of these amazing things and then tear them apart and rebuild these new things. And just, the, just this idea of whatever you can imagine, you can create. I think that is really kind of what planted the seeds of technology in my life. Because I remember later on as I started um, playing video games, uh, I discovered these uh, these abilities to make uh, modifications to the video game so that you can actually create your own world. Essentially Minecraft before it was Minecraft. And um, man, yeah, that, that it, it all stems back to Legos for me.
0: No, that's, that's totally fair. I, I would probably say I'm in the same boat like... I got into it basically from in junior high, like when I was 12, we were just learning it in computer class, like how to build little websites. And it kind of just fascinated me from there. And then I used to like to take apart things and, you know, kind of try to put them back together and sometimes it would work or or wouldn't work. And so I, I totally get that kind of outside of kind of the traditional technology, but just being able to have something physical and then moving it into kind of a digital medium. I totally understand that.
1: I think anything that really kind of fosters creativity is, is crucial for technology even if you know even if you're just somebody who's kind of working on the on the cogs so to speak um creative problem solving is crucial and so having kind of that that space to be able to create no matter what it is um yeah that's that's the origin i think for the for the next generation of of technologically minded folks is wherever we can kind of put them and plug them in into a place that allows them to explore their creativity
0: sure so Maybe before we kind of get into what you're doing now, I'm, I'm curious, kind of what types of jobs have you had in the past before you kind of got into podcasting and, and building an app for yourself?
1: My career uh, up until podcasting was uh, exclusively telecommunications. Um, and I've worn a lot of different hats in that role, uh, be it in sales, sales management, also product development and marketing. And um, I love telecommunications. I love kind of the mobile space. And it really kind of provided me a, a nice opportunity when I got the opportunity to kind of launch into my own venture uh, with my experience working with, especially mobile applications and mobile app development, that sort of thing. Uh, and also telecom is such a unique space because there's a lot of opportunities in telecommunications as a whole. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I found my true love sure. <laughs> after, after the fact, for sure.
0: So in your opinion kind of how did you get into podcasting and and what's the what do you think the history is of podcasting is in your opinion
1: yeah so podcasting has been around for over 10 years now um and you know in its base form of course you you have to kind of imagine this uh, idea of taking the radio show that you're listening to now and being able to download it and listen to it no matter where you are on your mobile device that's kind of in its, its base form the tech but podcasting is so much more um because of the nature of what podcasting is, that people are coming to podcasts specifically for the subject matter, you have the opportunity to do a deep dive uh, much more than you can with traditional radio. You know, I, I like to tell the example of is, if you're uh, driving down the street and you just kind of tune into uh, a radio station, they're talking about sports, you might stop and listen. But if they do a deep dive into a regional, you know, uh, sports area, whatever it might be, I'm clearly not into sports. <laughs> <laughs> Either am I. Uh, it's cool. You know, if you're if you're down in the the F- SEC and they start talking about some Northwestern conference you don't care about, uh, then you're probably going to change the channel. Sure. But with the- podcast you can go heavily niche and you can do a deep dive into whatever the subject matter is you can have an entire two-hour long show dedicated to your favorite college ball team uh and of course you know today there are tons of those in the earliest days these were uh, people were experimenting with this idea of niche subject matter and for me i was an early adopter uh and as far as a listener goes and discovered a lot of shows talking about things that i cared passionately about whether they're a tv show that i cared passionately about a movie franchise um and I found that I was coming to these podcasts specifically because of the subject matter being discussed, but returning to them uh, because of the, the relationship that becomes established between the listener and the podcaster. Um, be, because you're typically listening to a podcast on your headphones, uh, that, that conversation is happening right up in your ear. And it's, it's subject matter, like I said, that you're very passionate about. So you almost feel like you are part of the conversation. You're right there, even though the people talking don't realize that you're there.
0: Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. And, and that's kind of what I like about it as well. Like you mentioned, the, the kind of deep dive on a topic.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, you know, I, I think if you look at the success of a show like Serial um, and being able to just really just hammer through this one thing, you know, you, you think about what Serial would look like in a radio broadcast. That would be like a five-minute, oh, this is happening right now as somebody's going and searching through uh, this, this old mystery. But no, 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 you're talking about in-depth Long form audio uh, discussion in analysis and actually kind of a documentary format that really resonates with the audience. Um, Serial's really been able to tap into that, but the great thing about it is, Serial is one of 250,000 podcasts that are out there, and even more than that. And so, there's a podcast about anything, whatever your passion is, whatever your hobby is, there's going to be a podcast about it.
0: Sure, no, it's kind of like almost like the Netflix original series or whatnot, where you know, it's basically just one long movie broken up into a bunch of episodes, which you can obviously develop characters and talk more about, um, you know, the full story and, and everything. And it and it's I, I kinda think podcasting is almost the same way in that sense. It's obviously you can do a video podcast and you know, I do watch some video podcasts or, or whatnot. But I, I do like the idea of just being able to tell a longer version of the, a bigger story like serial does or, or whatnot. You're totally right. So I think that's, what's fascinating to me about the whole industry. And I think a lot of people are, you know, kind of moving towards that and people like on demand stuff as well. Right. It's just the way the world's going. Absolutely. So I'm curious then maybe let's talk about your, uh, podcasting network. And, how, and kind of how you, like why you started it and kind of what got you, you know, passionate about starting a network.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I had a wonderful opportunity um, to kind of launch out on my own. And I knew and I felt strongly then, I feel strongly now that the, the future of media is about removing barriers between content creators and content consumers. And I felt like there was a, a unique opportunity in podcasting because uh, then, which was about two and a half years ago, and, and certainly been still a little bit today, podcasting is still the Wild West. Sure. And so there's a significant opportunity to come into this space and work towards building new media to be new media and not kind of hold to old media ways of monetizing and, and, and risk doing business as a whole. So... It was funny. I was actually talking to one of my mentors when I was launching this idea and saying that, "Yeah, I want to do this in podcasting." His response to me was, "That's great. You don't know anything about podcasting," <laughs> and it was true at the time. Uh, I was uh, I was a listener of podcasting. I had a lot of theories about it. I've, I, this relationship that I referenced earlier. I knew that this was something that was happening and that it's a powerful thing. I mean, if you think about almost every single marketing campaign that you've ever seen, the goal of that marketing campaign is to get you to feel the same kind of emotional connection that most people experience when they're listening to a podcast. So it's a powerful media. Um, and But yet, even with that powerful connection, it's been held back for the last 10 years, and I, I wanted to know why. So I created uh, my company, Podestary, which is a podcasting company, with the goal of creating – uh, specifically niche podcast we're not trying to create blockbuster uh everybody you know gather everybody mass appeal shows we wanted to take niche focused topics and create high quality internet radio shows that uh, meet or surpass traditional radio in terms of quality consistency and chemistry with the hosts and um we've been very successful and in, in what we've been able to accomplish with that uh, if you if you're interested i could tell you a little bit about a couple of the shows that we've done.
0: Sure. I would love to know kind of, um, more about the shows that are on the network. I'm also curious though, maybe before you cover that, just how long has the network been around?
1: We've been around for just over two years.
0: Oh wow. So quite a while. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe let's cover some of the shows on the network.
1: So we've got, let's say for existence, uh, uh hang on, let me, sorry, I just created a little editing work for you. I apologize. It's <laughs> all good. That's <laughs> okay. Easy. Um, I, you know what? Let me start off with uh, one that is is one of our longest running shows and and really kind of uh, one of my favorites. It's called Country Squire Radio. Okay. Um, I approached a local uh, retail tobacconist, a pipe and pipe cigar, a pipe and cigar shop, um, about this idea. My my thought to them is like, look, people don't buy products from retail um, because they can buy products online. Uh, people are shopping retail because they are shopping for experience. Sure. We've got this tobacconist, the Country Squire, in town, and they've got a wonderful experience. It's brick and mortar, just customer service. It's a mom and pop, and it's just beautiful. And so what I took to them was, hey, let's take this experience and turn it in the format of a podcast. Give your existing customers something that they can take with them, that beckons them back into the shop, that'll ultimately make them more brand loyal, more sticky, and in turn, buy more products. And so we did. We created the Country Squire Radio Podcast podcast. Uh, And true to its form, we saw that kind of uh, customer retention and engagement increase with their existing clientele. But because the subject matter was so niche and we were entering into a space where there were just not a lot of uh, podcasts about, uh, pipes and pipe tobacco specifically, we ended up gaining this large market share in that space very quickly, uh, very quickly. And so now this little mom and pop in Jackson, Mississippi, is shipping out products internationally and competing on a global scale, specifically because of the podcast that we
0: created for them. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah, that's actually quite fascinating.
1: We're really excited about it. We were actually a media sponsor for this last past year, the the New Orleans Pipe Show, which was our kind of a, a big moment for us, too, because we'd never actually been to one of these type of uh, shows where all of these pipe enthusiasts come together, a lot of pipe carvers, a lot of these companies come together to kind of celebrate the craft and the hobby. And we got a chance to meet a lot of our listeners who we'd never had the chance to meet before. Um, it's really, really cool. I can actually go at this point to any uh, major city in, the, in America and say I'm going to be at a pipe shop and get the opportunity to, to meet a bunch of our listeners. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And actually, if, if that's kind of your jam, if you like pipes, pipe tobacco, check us out, Country Squire Radio. Um, another show that we do, and this is kind of a little bit more experimental, is a show called Let's Talk Jackson. And Let's Talk Jackson is a very new project of ours where I've always felt very passionately about hyper-local content and speaking to the community that you're in. Um, We've tried a podcast with kind of a local focus before, and it's fun, but it's difficult because you have to kind of educate your local community about podcasts. We've tried things like uh, we actually did one with a local coffee shop called Talking Vinyl, where we actually had local artists come through and, and talk about their record collection. And it was a good show. But it really wasn't just kind of breaking through to the, the local community as a whole. So we started this series called Let's Talk Jackson, which is very specifically a series where we interview artists, activists, musicians, uh, entrepreneurs, and more from our local community. Oh, and the response has been great. We've actually seen a lot of people uh, really enjoying the podcast. In fact, uh, some agencies within the, uh, the local government have gotten behind it as well, which has been wonderful. The community has gotten behind it. I no longer have to reach out for interviews. People are coming to us. And it's been really a wonderful platform to kind of educate Jackson and actually Central Mississippi as a whole about podcasting and the benefits of podcasting and really kind of the power of podcasting.
0: Sure. No, I I think that's awesome what you're doing. And it it is fascinating how you can find these little niche markets. And it's really easy to almost like pivot an idea. Like you you said, the first version kind of wasn't really working. You tweaked it a little bit and now it's super successful.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing that I think is important. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who are out there podcasting and, you know, we, we love to encourage everybody who's kind of experimenting in the space. Uh, and, and it can be frustrating when, when you see people who are doing this, you know, they've done the exact same podcast for you know, a couple of years now, and they're not really kind of tapping into the, their desired market. You know, at some point, you kind of have to make or break, all right, if this isn't working, what can we tweak to make it better? Or maybe there's another path we need to go on. Uh, podcasting as it stands right now, is really, it's, it's ready to become an industry. Uh, and it, it really is kind of in the process of becoming an industry. And so I think that part of that is is people who are podcasting kind of maturing to that realization and making sure they're creating the products that their listeners want to hear. If you'll allow me, I've got one other podcast I'd love to mention about. Yeah, kind of, no, of uh, course. Make mention about. Um, we, last year, we started a podcast called Flash TV Talk. Um, I mentioned before, I got into podcasting because of podcasts based off of television shows and uh, commentary, in-depth analysis of television programming. Um, I'm a big fan too of superheroes. If if you can't tell, I'm a little bit of a geek. And so, <laughs> aren't we when all? This, well, you know, I would I would hope so. We all got our inner geek somewhere. But uh, when uh, when the CW launched its new series, The Flash, which is a spinoff of Arrow, we uh, we were already doing a podcast that was not necessarily one of our competitive podcasts, just one that we were doing for fun. Sure. Uh, about kind of geek culture and that sort of thing. We called it the most unnecessary show on the internet because everybody talks about geek culture on podcasts. Uh, <laughs> But we saw a significant opportunity here because there's always a large demand. There's there's a segment of the population, albeit a small one, that has been kind of trained to, once they get into a television program, look for content and look for podcasts dedicated to that to discussion about that show. And we just really, really just hit a, a, a goldmine here because the, the Flash, the CW's Flash, is filled with tons of fan speculation and wonderful uh, acting and a, just a wonderful show as a whole. And so we created this podcast called Flash TV Talk uh, with in-depth analysis on every single episode of The Flash that comes out the week that it airs. And so if you're interested in that show, I would encourage you to check it out. If you're interested in time travel, I would especially encourage you to check it out because that ends up being the, uh, the majority of our conversation is trying to figure out uh, how time travel works on this show, on Back to the Future, on Doctor Who, you know whatever, whatever your, uh, your brand of, uh, of time travel may be. We try to fit it into The Flash.
0: Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. Um, so I'm curious then, maybe let's um, change gears a little bit and talk about kind of your uh, podcasting app, uh, Satchel.
1: Absolutely. So as I mentioned, you know, podcasting is is in this process of becoming an industry. Uh, albeit it's been around for the last 10 years and just it hasn't really fully taken off. And with podestery, everything that I've done has been to test these theories and try to figure out why this is the case. Why hasn't podcasting taken off? If it is so powerful, what's been holding it back? And what I've discovered in in my experience and, and from talking with other podcasters is it really kind of falls to these three pain points, which is uh, revenue. Everybody's trying to make money. Sure. Uh, distribution. You know, where do, where do you get your podcast, and and where can you get it on a consistent basis, no matter what platform you're on? Uh, and then also discoverability. Okay, I've got this great show. How do I make people aware of it? Especially if you give uh, take into consideration that only 22% of Americans are even aware of podcasting. So there's a significant pain point. Those are the three significant pain points. And with Satchel, we're trying to kind of answer those pain points holistically um, with a platform and an ecosystem that's built around benefiting the podcaster and the listener at every single level.
0: Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. And and that's partly why um, I want, really wanted to have you on the show. Like, I wanted you to talk about the network, but I was, I was fascinated about kind of you building your app and, you know, trying to do what you're doing for, for the entire community, I think is awesome. So I'm, I'm curious then how you kind of came up with the idea and, and what need is it filling?
1: So one of the things that I've, I've experienced as a podcaster and that a lot of podcasters have has experienced, when you've got a niche focus you know, you're never going to have the grander numbers of something that has mass appeal. You know, for example, uh, you know, Country Squire Radio about pipes and pipe tobacco is never going to have the mass appeal. Uh, and we're never going to have the market share that something like a this American life is going to have. Sure. So, you know, from that standpoint, the old media m- methods of monetizing our audience are not going to work. Uh, In fact, we actually feel that because of the relationship that's established between the podcaster and the listener, the best way to, you know, quote unquote, monetize your podcast is actually by getting direct support from the listeners themselves. And there's a lot of great crowdfunding platforms that are out there that seek to do this exact same thing. And while they work in a lot of mediums, it's difficult for podcasting. Uh, most people, while you're listening to podcasts, you're probably going to be busy. You're either jogging, you're driving, you're at work. You're just not in a place where you can sit down, find a Kickstarter page, create an account, do X, Y, and Z, uh, and get that that money to the the person that's, you know, you're, you've been enjoying their content. Even if you want to, by the time you're able to, it's just not top of mind. Sure. So it completely slips away. Um this is something that you know we've experienced. We've done two different rounds of gathering support directly from our listeners, and while we've been able to hit our modest goals, it's very challenging, uh, and it's really just a very small percentage of our audience who is, is in a position where they can actually go and do all of those steps. We believe that by removing the call, the, the call, we believe that by removing the time between the call to action and the ability to take action. That's going to empower podcasters with niche focuses to be able to get the kind of uh, revenue they need to grow their podcast even further. Uh, Plus, it just feels good for the listeners themselves. I've talked to several people, podcast enthusiasts, who mention the fact that they hear podcasters all the time say, yeah, support our page, do this, do that. And they want to, but they're just not able to. We're enabling them to be able to do that. That's what Satchel is all about. It's one of the reasons why today uh, in the, the beta, that's the first step. Um, those three pain points that I mentioned, those are essentially our phases. Today, we're working on answering the problem of revenue. Uh, We're also simultaneously working on the distribution. As today, we're available on Android. Very soon, we'll be available on iOS. Um, We may already be available on iOS, depending on when this broadcast goes out. Sure. Um, So we... uh, That doesn't really answer your question, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, maybe that frames up a little bit uh, kind of how we began... Hmm.
0: Well no I, I think it makes a lot of sense because part of part of the big problem right now is at least for my show iTunes I most of my listeners are on iTunes between the desktop and the mobile version for like the iOS basically whether it's on the phone or or the iPad and and then second is listening on just in the browser sure. and and for me Android is that's my go to platform. That's my daily phone. That's what I you know, I prefer Android over iOS for and I have my reasons and it doesn't really matter. I don't hate iOS. Like I said, I have an iPad and whatnot. So I just prefer Android as my daily phone. But part of the problem is is there's there's not really a lot of really good apps or there's there's tons of apps, but there's not a lot of really good apps for Android. Yet there's a couple that are paid, but not everybody wants to spend five dollars on a on a podcasting app, right? Because I don't know it's it's weird i'll go i'll go buy an eight dollar drink at starbucks but i don't want to give a developer a dollar for their app right like that that's the whole mindset of of the internet right now and it's kind of it's a little bit fascinating to me but i'm not going to change it so what can you do so i i think that's kind of what kind of drew me to to your app is the fact that not only are you giving it away for free but you're allowing people to support you know people that are creating content and podcasts right from the app. And I I think that's awesome. And I love that the idea of you giving back to kind of the community.
1: Well, I will say this too: a big frustration and what was really probably the uh, part of what led to our definitive moment is that it's so frustrating to see my podcast on podcast players that do run ads over it, uh, either on screen or audio. And I don't see any revenue for those ads. Sure. And as a podcaster, it's a it's a extremely painful thing to do to, to know that somebody else is making money off of my content and I'm not seeing a dime for it. So we wanted to, ben- uh, we wanted to make sure we were building a platform that benefited the podcasters. And then also, you know, you mentioned we do, uh, the application is absolutely free to download. Uh, there's no ads. There's no, there's no freemium or anything like that. You can download it. You can subscribe to your favorite podcast, listen as much as you want. It's not going to cost you a dime um, our, our hope and our, our belief is that as you're listening, you will want to support the podcasters themselves. And yes, we take a small percentage of that. That's where we make our money. Uh, but, but the lion's share of those dollars you give go directly to the podcasters.
0: Sure. It's no different than, you know, if I have a PayPal support button, like PayPal gets gets a cut of that. So exactly. it's not any different that, and just so people know, um, if you go to buildingthefutureshow.com in the main navigation, I actually put a link um, called the podcast player. And if you click it, it actually goes to the Satchel website. And you know you can download either Android or iOS and it'll probably be out by the time this airs. The other And the other thing too is I know Google is trying to fix this. They just recently announced that they're going to support uh, podcasts and Google Music. But the problem is, is majority of the people don't know what Google Music is, right? So right. I still think that On Android, there's still going to be a huge issue, and I think that you're trying to solve that is is actually really cool.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, man. We we've we really, I mean, our entire team, our team Android all the way. uh, But I would also mention, man, we we're very well aware of the fact that most people who listen to podcasts today are listening on iOS. And it's been the biggest thing since we announced the beta is that we constantly get tweets and emails in with people asking when we'll be available for iOS. Um, because we're, we are meeting that need that's in the Android space. But in order to meet the need that's in the podcasting space, we do have to be on both and beyond. I mean, sure. uh, you know, the, the smart dashboard on, on you know, smart cars, that's, that's the future for sure. But it goes beyond that. We, we want to be on gaming consoles. We think that there is a need for podcast players in more places than just your phone. Um, but that being said, it's on Android now. We're, we're facilitating that need, and uh, hopefully we will be on iOS very shortly. I'd also love to mention this too, because I think this would be really great for your listeners. If you listen to a podcast that's registered with us on the Satchel Podcast Player, you can actually tweet into that podcast while you're listening right then and there in the player itself.
0: You know, that's awesome. And, and that's definitely, I've never seen another podcast uh, piece of software on any platform do that.
1: Yeah, our, our, the great thing is, is that we are building this platform from the ground up to do more and be more powerful. You can't go back in time and fix a lot of these issues with other podcast players. It's just, it doesn't make sense with what they are today. They've kind of pigeonholed themselves. And while they've facilitated what the market demanded at the time, we're looking at progressing into a full, full forced, you know, full-on industry. And so from that standpoint, we want to be able to do things like serve up uh, location-based podcasts. I'll go ahead and mention that as kind of a tease. Um, that's something that interesting we're, yeah the idea is that you can actually find podcasters in your area and listen to their shows um, and we've we've built our platform to be able to do that so uh, it's not in the beta today but uh, that's definitely coming down the pipeline
0: sure no I, I think that's awesome um so maybe let's talk about how people can get into podcasting because like I mentioned this sh- or like you know this show airs in Atlanta on a FM talk radio station but what's you know, up
1: Atlanta Sorry. <laughs> no it's
0: not it. it's good man it's good uh, so the thing is not everybody obviously can do a radio show or whatnot or have the means to do it but being able to get into podcasting i think is a lot easier and a lot more cost effective sometimes than you know trying to go traditional radio so maybe let's talk about uh how how people can get into podcasting
1: yeah so there's a significant um, moment in time right now to get into podcasting and uh you know for for one thing you know it's it's you're right there's a low barrier to entry um you can just get a good mic and a good setup for a couple hundred bucks and you're good to go uh, even with services like I'll go ahead and mention Libsyn uh, mm-hmm. for for very little money you can actually get your podcast hosted the feed built and sent out to all these different podcast players uh very quickly the the main thing that is going to make your podcast successful is you have to make sure that you know what you're talking about. Um, you need to make sure that you're providing a quality listening experience, that you, whatever your subject matter is, you're speaking knowledgeably on it, and you're doing so in an enjoyable way. You also have to make sure that you're consistent with your podcast. You cannot have what's kind of become known as pod fade, where you put out a show and then nobody hears from you for a couple of weeks, and then maybe you'll put out two shows, but then nobody hears from you for a, for a month. That doesn't work. Um, content is king. Me mean, Kevin, you know this, man. Yep. If, if we don't have content, we don't exist.
0: No, totally. And I, I think it's super important to be consistent, like same day or same day of the week or, or whatnot, if you do it Absolutely. weekly or, or whatnot, and try to do it around the same time. I know I've been kind of bad at that. Sometimes I release it a little bit earlier than I probably should, but I always release the same day. It's just sometimes iTunes and whatnot and some of the other podcasting networks are a little bit weird when they actually update your, your feed saying there's a new request. So sometimes it's up within like an hour after I post it. Sometimes it's up within, you know, four or five hours. And I've tried to read online and nobody seems to have kind of figured out when iTunes updates, but it's usually within a few hours or at least from my experience.
1: Yeah. Now you're right. They uh, they kind of rotate out, but one way or the other, there is kind of this unwritten contract between you and your audience. Whatever you say, okay, you know my show is going to be up every single Monday without fail, and it can be a little earlier. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But if you say it's going to be up by Monday, better be up by Monday, because even if your your listeners aren't necessarily paying for it, they are paying time. They are giving their time to listen to you, for sure. and it does become this kind of. Uh, reliability. And it's part of that relationship that, that, you know, they can kind of trust that your content is going to be there. And then the third thing I would also mention if you're creating a podcast is you have to have good chemistry. You know, if, if you're going to do this with somebody else, there has to be kind of a good chemistry. There can't be this awkwardness between the two of you uh, or three of you or however many it's going to be. And even if you're by yourself, there has to be a good chemistry with the audience. You have to realize the person listening is right there listening to you. It's, it's as if they're part of this conversation and you need to treat them as such
0: sure no i think that's really good advice and at least it was interesting right before i started the show i actually just by fluke luck was in los angeles and um one of the girls i knew just from the internet and we never actually met in person and she actually got me a writing gig for a tech blog out of los angeles i messaged her saying hey you want to meet for coffee and she said actually i'm on this podcasting panel you should come check it out and I, i went that night and this was literally like two or three months before i started doing the show like i was in my media training for the show and whatnot. And uh, man, I learned so much from that like hour and the people on the panel were great, but I kind of had this like, okay, we're just off Hollywood Boulevard. You know, these people, like I'm going to this podcasting panel. These people must've been doing it for like a decade and it's going to be fantastic. And it it was really fantastic. But the thing that really kind of stuck with me is the people on the panel had only been podcasting for some, most of them were less than a year. And i thought whoa really that's that's shocking to me and you know so i think people are kind of scared away like i have no problem talking about at least my setup like right now you and i or at least from my end is i have a mic usb plugged into my macbook and i'm recording through skype right and i basically edit it with a piece of audio software called adobe edition and then i basically just send the radio station an mp3 file and when I goes to a podcast, I basically just upload that MP3 um, to basically an online podcasting service that generates my feed. And then I submit that feed to a bunch of networks like iTunes and Stitcher and a handful of others. So the barrier to entry to actually do these shows isn't really that difficult. And I think people can really create a lot of really good content. And I think the, the cool thing about the podcasting space and the podcasters that I've met is they're really super supportive and yeah, and like I haven't. It's rare, I think, to find that in an industry where in in sometimes you're you're com- almost like competing with each other. But I don't feel like that at all. There's people that do kind of maybe similar shows, but if anything, it's like we've had each other on our shows, or we're like trying to help each other out or get guests or refer people. And that to me was what blew me away about the space is just the community around the whole thing
1: well and let me ask you this too did you actually did you start off in podcasting or start off in radio or did you start both kind of at the same time I
0: started the both at the same time to be a hundred percent honest with you I've been thinking about doing a podcast for probably five years and Mm -hmm. I just never got around to it I was scared I I actually fear public speaking like incredibly fear (laughs) it like to the point where like I just couldn't do it and so um When I asked to do kind of the radio show and and turn it into a podcast, I was basically doing it to get over my fear of public speaking.
1: That's good. That's that's extremely good. I mean, <laughs> whatever whatever you fear, let that be a lesson to you, dear listener. Whatever you fear, go out and do it.
0: Today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm always one of those like I need to be accountable to somebody weekly, and and what, partly why I do the radio show so much, and and why I love doing radio is because I'm accountable to somebody every yeah. week. I need to have content. I need to have a guest. I need to have something interesting, or the show's gonna tank. Right, and it's been doing really well, and I'm excited. But it, it does take quite a bit of work. But the big, big reason is, you know, getting over this fear of public speaking. <laughs>
1: right, oh, that's good, man. And and well, I, I
0: and I'm really like one of those I have to just dive in the deep end and just do it, sink one or of swim. The beautiful things.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's you got to do it, man. You got to do it. Uh, one of the beautiful things about what you've done with kind of having the consistent and and uh, and you know, the podcast and the radio show going out at the same time is pretty crucial. You know, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, if if you've got a radio program and you are just a radio program and your show airs from, you know, something like 11 to midnight, well, you don't really know what your market share is. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. even through the Nielsen ratings, there's really no, you know, direct way of, of finding out, you know, who actually is tuning in. And my guess is it can't be that many people unless you're just driving on the road. I was actually having an interesting conversation with somebody recently. Uh, they were saying they don't believe that podcasting will truly take off for another 10 years because smart cars won't really take off for another 10 years. And while there's something to that, that'll certainly be a big moment when smart cars kind of are the, uh, the dominant uh, automobile on the road. I haven't listened to the radio in five years, man. Like I, I will put on my phone the, a podcast and then get in the car and turn on the podcast and listen to that as I'm driving down the road. Um, now, of course, I'm younger and also kind of more of an early adopter of technology. But I do think that we're looking at, you know, any, any kind of radio show, radio program, radio network out there. If they're not investing their time and their energy into making sure that they are getting ahead of the curve by creating heavily quality produced podcasts, um, they may miss the bus on this one. And so man, I'm I'm just hats off to you for uh, for for knowing your business, knowing what you're what you're in what you're in it really really and truly for, which is to create excellent content for your for your audience.
0: Yeah, and the other thing too that I think is interesting that I've found anyway doing radio is for I think A lot of cases the younger generation listens to the show as a podcast but the older Mm. generations listen to it on traditional radio and i'm still a little bit on the fence sometimes i'm listening to the radio sometimes i'm listening to music off my phone sometimes i'm listening to podcasts and and so i for me i just like the variety and i like the idea that i can be on any medium that people consume content i don't really care whether you're listening to it on the radio or as a podcast sure. like I love being able to be on the current platforms it's like you want to listen to the show on the radio and and you're not in Atlanta well just listen to it online live every week you know go ahead it's like 2 p.m eastern and uh, the links on the website and I've had a lot of people just listen to the show all over the globe kind of like live on the radio stations. Um, internet feed right and that's awesome to me sure consume the content where you want to consume it you know and if you if it's the middle of the night when the show airs and you know you're somewhere in Europe or whatnot and you listen to it as a podcast I think go ahead oh yeah like I I love meeting
1: people where they are for sure and I I do think too you know you mentioned kind of the age difference and and I'm sure that there's you know there's uh, exceptions to the rule to be sure but, you know, we have an entire generation of consumers that are not appointment based media consumers. You know what I mean? There's sure. the idea of you know tuning in even for your favorite television show at the time that it airs is, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a foreign concept to them because they can just get it on demand whenever they want the next day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, I think that's where a lot of that generational difference stems. And uh, all the more reason why to do exactly what you're talking about, making sure that your content is on as many platforms and whatever that looks like as you possibly can.
0: Sure. And I, I think the other thing too, and what, what's really nice about the station that I'm partnered with is they have, they're all across the the, the country and they actually have a TV network as well. So it, it, for me, it's almost like it could be a stepping stone to other cities and, and maybe a TV show as well down the road, which, to me is, is just mind blowing that I'm just this guy from Canada, you know, doing my thing. And so far it's, it's been awesome. And you know, anybody can be, I can interview people all over the world, which is fascinating to me. Like I interviewed a, a guy a few weeks ago where he's in the middle of the Mediterranean, on this like small tropical Island. And I'm just like F- 10 years ago, it just, you couldn't really do that right now. It's just, I can have great guests air all over the world. And, you know, people can consume it in Atlanta in their car or on the Internet or wherever. And I love that.
1: Absolutely, man.
0: Cool. Well, I'm curious then, maybe we should talk a little bit about where people can find you online.
1: Sure. Um, you know, I've mentioned a couple of different shows that I do. If you're interested in tuning in for those or kind of checking out what other uh, shows I've been a part of, go to podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. Uh, it's a <laughs> that word in itself. I, I decided to make up a word and uh, did not think about how difficult it would be to spell. So <laughs> that's uh, <laughs>
0: it's all good. I'll post it in the show notes so people can just go to the website and uh, go to the web, uh, the link.
1: Wonderful. So, yeah, potastery.com to uh, take a look and see some of the portfolio of shows that we've had the pleasure of working on. And then also, if you are either, well, you know what? It doesn't matter what smartphone you use. Head over to satchelplayer.com and you can either download the beta right now for your android smartphone device and also you can sign up to be notified once we're available on ios which should be very very soon
0: sure no that's awesome so sadly we're out of time but i do appreciate you taking the time to do the show and be on the show and and kind of talk honestly about the medium and and the podcasting space and kind of the barriers of entry nowadays and kind of giving your thoughts on traditional radio and podcasting and and whatnot
1: Absolutely. Kevin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thanks, man. We'll we'll be in touch, and uh, talk soon. Thanks, man. Okay, bye. All right. Awesome, man. That was great. I-
1: I'm sorry I kind of stumbled through a little nah. bit there. I was just trying to think of, um, you know, my frustration with Stitcher kind of led to us creating Satchel. But sure. I thought probably best not to say that <laughs> to be
0: honest I, I posted to the network and i get no barely any listens from it like i i, I don't know it's been useless to me to be honest and honest with you and i get that everybody's like you got to be on stitcher and i was like nah forget it
1: yeah well i mean we've even we announced to our audience that we were removing our content from stitcher once satchel was um, once the beta the satchel beta was out just because the only reason we were there is because we didn't know where else to send people for android
0: exactly that's the problem um, right and that's why i was like well i'm going to send i'll just post your link why not <laughs>
1: It's funny, we actually, I don't know, uh, are you familiar with Lipson? Yeah. Um, they, they a couple of weeks back, they did, uh, uh, on their their podcast, The Feed, somebody had written in and asked some questions about us. And uh, it was funny because they were speculating about us. They didn't really know a whole lot about us. And um, one of the hosts of that show said we didn't know what we were doing because we launched on Android first. And I was like, dude you don't know what you're talking about. You don't want to compete with iTunes out of the gate. And also there is a huge problem with Android right now with podcasting. Yeah. And so it allows us for, you know, for us to be kind of in the beta stage without the additional pressure of having to compete with iTunes. Um, And so it's, it's been a good spot for us. And the the response that we've seen, especially from, uh, you know, well, actually from everybody has been really, really positive. So it's been good, man.
0: No, that's awesome. And yeah, I, I hate, The naysayers just – I just stopped reading that stuff. I don't even care anymore. We we
1: converted them, though. The great thing was their next episode, they they told us we could kind of respond to some of their thoughts. Okay. So I recorded essentially like a two-minute pitch for what we were all about, and uh, they love us now.
0: (laughs) Well, whatever works, right? That's hilarious to me.
1: No no press is bad press. Exactly.
0: No, that's cool, man. All right. Well, uh, I won't keep you any longer. I got to run to a meeting shortly, but – Thanks for doing the show, and uh, you're gonna air early December. No, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly. It's gonna be probably early December in about a Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, hopefully by then the iOS version will be out. But um, one way or the other, if you need me to do, uh, if if something didn't sound right or we need to re-record something, just let me know, and I'm I'm happy to to get in there and do that.
0: We'll do, man. Thanks for taking the time. All right, brother. Have a good. You. you too. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com. If you're going to the Startup Expo on February 16th and 17th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and want to record an episode, please contact me. The music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check them out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.